This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Five, episode 20 of the Four Stars Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Tommy. Hey, what's up? Lucas. Hello, hello. And returning to the po- podcast, I'm excited to welcome back Rick. Hello. Well, uh, Rick, uh, th- th- thanks for your content online. Uh, I- I've enjoyed your uh, Rick's Rant segment there. Uh, I th- now that you've uh, posted one up there, that's uh, that was exciting to read. So definitely uh, listeners should check that out. Uh, but um, I also wanted to introduce a, a new uh, guest to the podcast. So, uh, Christian, welcome you to the podcast. Lose. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I, I always ask when somebody comes to the podcast the first time uh, how you became a Spurs fan. Uh, yeah, no, I've got a, I've been super lucky to grow up in England for over half my life. Uh, I was born in New York, but I moved to England when I was nine. And uh, my first game was um, November 18th, 1995. And it was a North London Derby at White Hart Lane. And I got to see a win as well. 2-1, Sheringham scored. I think Burkamp scored for Arsenal. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was from that day onwards. I was officially a Spurs when we moved to England, my... Uh, my dad uh, and my family didn't know anyone, and uh, well, a colleague my father worked with was a diehard Spurs fan and had season tickets. So from 95, I started going games with him, and then as I got older, I uh, got more and more into Spurs myself. And uh, when my before I moved to Chicago, uh, seven, eight years ago, I was actually living in London with a season ticket. So uh, yeah, it was uh, been Spurs basically since I was nine years old living in England. So we have two former season ticket holders on the podcast, right, right, Rick? Well, I, I do remember. I do actually remember that game in 1995, and the reason I remember it is because November 18th is actually my birthday. So I, <laughs> so I was actually at the game on my birthday. Nice. Well, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> so we actually were there at the same time. Unbelievable. <laughs> Very Amazing. cool. Very cool. Well, uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, we have a lot to talk about, especially this first half, so I, I definitely want to get into it. But uh, first, I want to break the ice uh, with a question we got from one of our listeners, which I think should be fun. might apply more to the second half conversation, but still, I think it'll be fun to do with the intro here. So, uh, Tommy, it comes from Kyle Mates. Yes, our good friend Kyle Mates from Indies asked, if you had to choose one Spurs player, past or current, to fight at a bio Akin who would it be? Uh, for who, th- who doesn't know, he plays for uh, Wickham, who we're going to face next weekend. This guy's a freaking tank, and he's got muscles, like, up to the gills. He could be a wrestler, moonlighting as a wrestler, for all we know. Just look him up. You'll see how big he is. But who wants to go first? Lucas? Well, I could tell you who I wouldn't want to have fight him, and that'd be Carter Vickers, because the last <laughs> time we played Wickham, that guy just absolutely made and just embarrassed Carter Vickers for that game. And I think that game actually damaged his career at Spurs, but 
Um, I would probably go with someone like Sissoko or Winyama. Just, I don't think it'd probably be Sissoko. I don't think I'd want to step into the ring with Sissoko. It's, I always think of that is that photo where it was uh, like Mark Noble on West Ham is like getting like in his face, trying to like fight him, and Sissoko's just looking down at him like he's a child. He's a, like, Sissoko's <laughs> just an absolute monster. It's, I think it'd be a hell of a fight to watch. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to say Sissoko myself because um, he, he seems like a very nice, calm, gentle kind of guy, but he's built really big. You know, he's big and strong. So, um, and I can't actually remember that many Spurs players of the past that were actually sort of that muscular. So, yeah, Sissoko would be my bet. Okay, uh, Christian. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys are talking about. If it's past or present, I'd want Gaza fighting him. Are you kidding me? absolute nutcase. He'd bite his ear off, kick him in the nuts, and who else knows? But uh, I, I put Gaza against anyone. Size doesn't matter. So I, I don't know what you're chatting about. But, yeah, that would, Gaza would be my pick. Tommy? Okay, so my – my nominations are in a similar vein of Christian. Um, so I look at the Battle of the Bridge, of course. So I'm either going with Musa Dembele uh, or uh, Deli Ali or Eric Lamella, just because they fight dirty. Like, I mean, statistically speak, or from a tail of the tape standpoint, everybody's going to dwarf this guy. So we need somebody to fight dirty, and they just won't quit. So whether it be eye-gouging, eye random elbows to the gut, stepping on fingers, I'll go with that. Yeah, Eric Lamella is a good chair. He doesn't take any shit from anybody. This is true. Uh, yeah, he, he's Arge- he's Argentinian, and you know he's corrupt in some way. But uh, I, I, I also, if you remember, Tom Huddleston was pretty massive towards the end of his of his Spurs run. I think Huddleston would give him a a pretty good run for his money, actually. Yeah, he oh, was yeah, pretty, actually, that's good. He, he was pretty massive, and that's why he left. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely don't have him. Yeah, don't have him fight during the Wande Ramos years where he didn't eat ketchup and just that was like peak. Well, body I, weight for him because he was just skinny as hell. Well, I, I'm not going to uh, challenge any of your guys' ideas here. I think you guys hit on the right people, but I will give a shout out to uh, the response on Twitter to this question from one of our listeners, Sai, who said uh, uh, ha, ha, he'd have Winks take him on so uh, he could knock out two problems. Um, <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> kind of harsh on Winks, but. Um, no. but 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 for good joke nonetheless. So thanks for that one, Cy. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, I want to move the conversation along. So uh, we have two matches to talk about this week. Uh, the first one was a midweek match against uh, Fulham away. Uh, this was added in when Aston Villa got canceled due to COVID, and we had this past Fulham match that um, uh, they they had already been um, re- re- uh, postponed. I should say, not canceled. Uh, this Fulham match had previously been postponed, so uh, we used the opportunity of uh, another postponement to to make up this one, which I think was probably a smart idea, though Fulham wasn't very happy about it. But it seems to have worked out fairly well for them if you look at the result. Um, so uh, this is another one of those ones where we got one goal, and then it seemed like we were content to sit back on, uh, on the laurels of that one goal, and then it just... Uh, Despite our efforts to uh, to maybe get that second goal at some point, um, 
whether it's strategy and we'll have a good conversation about that as we talk about this match or whether it was uh, just kind of how it all went down. We weren't able to get that next goal. They got a late one. And uh, once again, we couldn't come back from that. And we ended up with a uh, 1-1 draw in a match that uh, really would have benefited us to, to come away with three points. Um, so, uh, Rick, I'm going to go to you first on this because uh, you had a question that you asked us. But now that since you're on the podcast, I'll let you ask your question and, and uh, give your opinion on, uh, on this match. Right, right, okay. I, I'm I'm very opinionated about this subject um, because uh, fans and pundits and the media seem to have jumped on this bandwagon that we are um, playing defensively when we get a lead um, and we're sitting back and you know we're just trying to see out the game. I disagree with this vehemently. And the reason why I disagree with it is because I actually watch the games and I actually watch and see what happens. And when you watch the games, you realise how little control we have of the game. Um, You know, we we have very little possession in these games. And the reason for that is we have no control in midfield. So you have our defenders that have possession of the ball. They'll pass it between them. They'll pass it back to Lloris. He'll pass it out to the defender, but it never goes into midfield where the player in midfield will then turn, play it to a winger, play it to a striker, play it to another midfielder. That never happens. What happens is the defenders will pass it between them. It'll eventually either go to uh, Alderweireld or in, in, in recent days or recent games, Dyer. He'll hit a long ball. Harry Kane will then compete with the defender or defenders for the ball, will lose possession, and then their team is on the attack. And it happens time and time and time again. So it's not that we're defending, it's that we're being forced to defend because we're not retaining possession. And the possession stats, you know, know, it's it's like people are saying, we're deliberately giving up possession so they can attack us so we can defend. <coughs> There's no manager in the world that would do that. You're never going to deliberately give the, the ball to the opposition so you can defend. We're losing the ball, so we're having to defend. And that's my argument. So, right. uh, yeah. Lucas, if you wish. Lucas, you want to... Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's kind of like what I've been saying, and I, I said it at the pub on Wednesday when we were watching Fulham, and it's... I just I think it's easier for us as fans to just blame Mourinho than have to acknowledge the fact that our midfield is not good enough. No. And in, in you, when you watch Fulham when they got the ball, a there was a sense of hunger from them, but they looked so much better because of the ease in which they could walk <laughs> through our midfield. They would win the ball, we'd lose possession in their third, in like the final third, and they, it was like within five seconds, a couple of one touch passes, and they have the ball outside our box. And it was like we sleptwalked through that first 25 minutes. And when we would get the ball, because we have no midfield and no way of our midfield bringing the ball forward, it was kind of play around at the back with our center backs. And then you have, like like, he's, like uh, Rick had mentioned, with the center backs just hitting long balls. The problem with that was it, it looked like we were just wasting so much time 
And it looked like Fulham was playing as if if they didn't score a goal in the next 30 seconds, somebody was going to kidnap their families. And we looked like we had somewhere to be after this, and we were just having a kickabout with our center backs, playing it back to Hugo, Winks and Sissoko, play a few balls sideways. Like There was just no way of us actually carrying the ball forward with our midfield. Because they don't know what to do. That's what it is. Yeah. They, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, and just a quick point to add, add into there. And before this match, like we were all trying to figure out the formation because it looked like there was five uh, midfielders on here. And it was almost as if Jose was compensating for the inability to get the ball through the midfield with overstacking the midfield. And yes, Sissoko ended up being a winger, which is a horrendous idea to me. But um, but regardless, like we were stacked with all these midfield players that it, 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 like they're it was like they're not good enough. Um, other than in Domble and Hoy Bear, like they're, it, 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 we're not successfully moving that ball through. Um, so we're just going to crowd it to, to try and accomplish the same thing as it felt like we were doing. But uh, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I think there's truth uh, on both ends there. I think that, you know, when you when people look at Mourinho, they think Chelsea 2004, and they go, "All right, he wants to sit back and he wants to control the game like he did, like how he made Stamford Bridge a fortress and so forth." That's definitely been a tactic tactic of his in the past, and how he likes to play. And I'm sure that he's implementing that with you know in bits and pieces with Spurs. But I agree, the midfield is really the issue here. When we line up, it looks to me like we've got defense and then. A, a defensive midfield and then wingers in attack. That's why Harry Kane's been coming back so much and playing midfield because we don't have that creativity in midfield. And I, I really, I don't think we ever have had the real creativity. I mean, Erickson was there for that. Um, you know, back, uh, you know, when really what we used to do is kick it up the pitch and try and get on the end of it when we had Lennon, you know, uh, streaking up the sides again. You, don't you remember the Gomez days when Gomez would just goof it up there and hope that, you know, Keane would be on the end of it or, or someone would be on the end of it? So I think I think definitely creativity in the midfield and your true playmaking midfield is definitely where we're lacking. And it's not all to be blamed on Mourinho. But you do have to admit when you watch Spurs at the moment, when they get that early lead, which we've been doing so well because we do have such an amazing attacking, um, uh, you know, uh, attacking unit, uh, they do just sit back. And, and, and I mean, everyone sits back a bit and, and they just wait to get scored on instead of absolutely pressing. So uh, so I think there's there's a lot of this all going on at the same time and, and a lot of creativity in the midfield would definitely help that. Tommy? Yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of a personnel issue, but the other thing is the players that Jose puts on the field, he like it's designed that he's going to put the best uh, or put the best foot forward and try to get the team to get a win out of it. It's not like Jose's predecessor, where it's you play one way and try to win that way and just get the three points. So, as Christian said, like yeah, we're sorely missing a central midfielder of like Musa Dembele, Luka Modric type player who could just hold the ball for like 10 seconds and just distribute to somebody. If we had a water carrier of some sort, like that'd be great. But here's the other thing, like Hugo Lloris, he's a cap, you know, he's the captain, but he's goalkeeper. But like, what is, I'm like, and Harry Kane said this yesterday in his, uh, or it was on match of the day. And it was saying like, yeah, we were not, Josie never told us to sit back. So I'm like, 
I'm like, with the players, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, if, if Jose's not telling you to do this, why are you not, why are you defying his instructions? A, you're professional players. B, I'm like, why is there nobody else in the outfield being a leader and telling people or directing play? Be like, hey, what the, why are you sitting back? We should, like, we have the personnel to smash in a lot of goals. So that's the biggest frustration out of this whole thing. Yeah, it it seems like we're setting up like letting the perfect be the enemy of the good, and and we're we're trying to set up the perfect uh, goal opportunity, and we're only getting two or three good goal opportunities a match, and if we don't hit those, then we're uh, we're drawing or losing those matches. And yeah, the defense is way better structured than it's been since you know probably like four years ago when we when when we really had Jan and Toby in their peak. Uh, but that was probably more based on the personnel than on uh, the the defense design. Um, where it it just seems like we're not um, there's something missing, Rick. Um, let Lucas show first. He's been waiting. Oh, okay, Lucas. Oh, no. <clears throat> so what I was going to say is, I wish I could see. Like I, I think Mourinho definitely is the, again. He's the easy patsy here to everyone say, "Oh, Mourinho's having him set up like this." And I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's all on these players. But if that's true, I would still like to see him being more animated on the sideline, at least. If, if they're not playing the way that you've been telling them to play, then I want to see you up on the touchline screaming at somebody or when Winks and Sissoko are playing their back and forth to each other and recycling it back to the center backs for the next five minutes or something. I want to see Mourinho up there yelling at these people and at least showing some fire that this is not the way we're supposed to play. because. You know, I think I like. I think it's obvious that it's down to the players when you see what the difference is as soon as they score. As soon as we give up the goal that's happened now in seven of the eighteen games we've played in, we've let up a, we've lost points on, on a goal after seventy minutes that's ended up fucking us. And it's like, if if as soon as that goal happens, you see the shift. Like Palace was the perfect example. We looked like ghosts, and then all of a sudden that goal goes in. In the next ten minutes, we looked like. We were on fire, just throwing the ball forward, making these runs, guys getting wide, guys coming to try and be creative through the middle, getting these free kicks around the edge of the box. Like we, So clearly we're capable of doing it. I don't know where the disconnect, why these players are just saying, eh, like one goal seems enough, like just take the foot off the gas. I think it's on them, but I'd still like to see Jose up there getting animated and trying to push these guys forward. Yeah. Uh, some of it might be like the they're afraid that Jose is uh... – um, like you make a mistake in, in that defense. Uh, jo- Jose sits you on the bench for a few few matches. Like uh, like Aria, he 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 got sat when he made the really dumb mistake, which I totally support. But if there's that fear culture where you're, um, like I make one mistake and then I'm out of starting eleven, um, maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, it's just an idea. But Rick, uh, I think you had some idea. Something else you wanted to add to, right? Yeah, I've got two points to make. Um, the first one is I, I, descri- I described uh, our team to a friend the other day. Um, I described it like this. We are a Ferrari, right? We've got good brakes, good acceleration, everything. But we're like a Ferrari without a steering wheel. There's, there's no control. You know, kind of like the mean? current Formula One team. Yeah, it's, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no steering wheel. There's no one in the middle that controls the play, controls the team, controls the tempo. Every, we don't have that. We don't have 
Then Bailey. That's 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 basically what we're missing. That's that's the one player that we just don't have. Oh. Um, people people would say we've got Ndombele, but he's a different kind of player. Um, so we don't have the control. The other point I want to make is um, Marine. People don't give Mourinho enough credit. Um, we played I don't know how many games, thirty two games so far this season, or something like that. We've lost four. I think if we played any other way with any other manager, we would have lost a lot more games. We would, we would have been Leeds. We, 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 we may have won more too, but we, yeah, we, would, have, we, we would, have would have won. Lost. We would have won more games, 5-0, 5-3, but we would have lost 4-2, 6-1. We would have lost a lot more games. We might, we might have won more, but we, we definitely would have lost more. So people don't give enough credit for Mourinho actually... Getting the best out of the current crop of players that he's got. Yeah. Tommy? Yeah, that was kind of another thing that, I mean, I, I said it in a roundabout way, but, like, during uh, Jose Mourinho's first stint at Chelsea, he had Claude Makaleli in the Makaleli role. You know, he, he won tackles, but he also distributed as well. But then, like, at Real Madrid, he had, like, he had Sammy Kadira. Like, we don't have anybody like that right now. If we can find somebody like that, a lot of the problems go away. I just don't know money-wise if we can find that diamond in the rough because I don't think we're going to break the bang for it. But it's, I don't know, it'll just be very interesting to see how this pans out. Uh, Christian? Yeah, and I think, you know, guys, we also, a little bit here, looking a gift horse in the mouth, we still got the second best defense in the league, just behind Man City. It was first best until three or four matches ago. We, we're, uh, we've got one of the best attacking squads in the Prem. So I think that tells us something right there. We got issues in the midfield, like we've been talking about. And and it's I don't think it's so, so much a Dembele we need, but really, uh, like we said, a Modric, a Eriksson, a, um, you know, when we had Carrick, God, when we got rid of Carrick, I thought that was the worst move we'd ever made. We need those creative, solid midfield players who can distribute, create chances, play both sides of the pitch. And, and and we do lack that right now, and it's why we're either losing games or, you know, by you know terrible margins from uh, giving up leads, or why we're winning them because we sitting back, we're sitting back nicely, and we're letting you know Sonny and Kane do the work up front. Uh, Lucas, and th- then we're going to go to MVP, LVP. I think after this point, okay. um, I just want, yeah, like kind of what Christian's talking about with that lack of that creative player. I think when you see how we're like we're so good on the counterattack. And I think one of the reasons that we like to play and on the counterattack that, and that's how we've scored so many goals is because it kind of bypasses the idea of midfield. When you're hitting teams on the break, when it's fast and it's quick and you're just having one guy win the ball, lace it up to Harry who finds Sun, it's like it all happens within a couple seconds or Regulon whipping that ball in against Fulham to Harry, which was class, by the way. But like it, it bypasses the midfield when you have that counterattacking way to play. And, but when you don't, have the ability when you're not hitting teams on the break, then it kind of exposes the fact that you don't have that creative piece. And I think when you, you watch this play against Fulham, there was very like, there's just no ideas. It was try and hit them, just spearhead it right through the middle. If that doesn't work. Oh, well, we didn't get wide. It was, it was slow. It was, it, it looked like no one had an idea of what they wanted to do and anything resembling creativity. Yeah, why I think we were at a certain point you just want to, at a certain point you just want him to run at him, just like just just yeah, why not? just yeah, just absolutely. run out the defense and see what you can do. Like 
see if you can make a mistake happen. It's, uh, they're not that good. You just uh, pussyfooting around isn't accomplishing anything. Is kind of the the point. But yeah. um, but regardless, uh, great discussion, great points tonight. I know we didn't talk much about the match here, but I think this was more the conversation that had to uh, be had in relation to this follow match. But let's go to MVP LVP on this, and we'll start with uh, Tommy first. Uh, I. I first want to say I looked at the BBC match report. Everybody on Fulham had a higher rating than us, or on, on Spurs players. And the highest rated player was Kane, and it was a 4.96. Ooh. It's a little bit embarrassing. I know there's a lot of subjectivity to it, but I'm like, if there's a general consensus to that, I'm like, that's pretty bad. But regardless of that, I'm saying that uh, Sergio Regulon is my MVP. I he had an assist, very good. Um, unlucky with the offside goal, but I think overall, like he had a great all-around game compared to the rest of the players. So that's who I'm going with. Okay, uh, Rick next. Um, I, I want to make a couple of points. Um, Kane, both Kane and Son, have been playing awful the last few games. Um, neither holding the ball up, neither shooting properly or passing properly. Uh, it, they've been terrible, uh, but the thing with Son, the thing with Son is when he plays terrible, he doesn't score. The thing with Kane is, even when he plays terrible, he still <laughs> he still manages a goal every now you know every other game. It's it's, ama- it's an amazing um, compliment to him. Um, but I'll go with Tommy. I think Regulon uh, Regulon was very very good. Um, the, the, the cross was world class. Basically, um, there's no there's almost no no competent striker in the world that missed that header. Yeah. Well, and, and Sun was uh, just inches away from a goal here. He did, did post it in this match. So uh, definitely. Um, but that's the point. He's been inches away every yeah. game for the last five, six games. But that isn't always necessarily playing well. Some of that's poor luck, too. I mean, like, uh, but regardless, uh, Lucas, who do you have for uh, MVP? I had Regulon as well. Um, he was, to me, he seemed the one guy that was most urgent to try and carry the ball forward and get something happening. So, but I did want to give a special shout to Harry um, for that goal uh, because I think it was, I, I don't think Harry had the best game, but that goal I found so unique because usually when somebody dives and you're horizontal trying to just basically get your nut to it and put it somewhere on frame and when Harry was doing that, he was actually like selecting where he, he was horizontal midair and can still select where he wants to head the ball into like which corner. It's it's remarkable to watch if you watch that goal in slow motion. But yeah, Regulon was mine. Okay, great. Yeah, and good, good shout there with uh, with the uh, Kane's impressiveness on the goal itself. Uh, Christian? Yeah, I thought that diving header by Kane was phenomenal. And I, I have to disagree with Rick. I think Kane is, is stepping up every game. And uh, and I think Sonny has been a little bit um, a little bit lost in translation and we can we can um, talk about that later but but no I don't I don't think Kane's the issue I, I thought that um, man of the match for me is Hoiberg I think Hoiberg is just so solid every single time and we'd be lost without him um, so I'm gonna have to say Hoiberg there but Reggion is just impressive every every game as well without those I think Reggion's been our best signing um, uh, uh, besides Hoiberg, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hoiberg is a close second, Reggie. Um, but also, I really don't think that 
we can give Harry any grief right now. That that header was absolutely clinical, um, full stretch. I mean, he's completely horizontal in the air, and he slotted away, that away in literally the edge corner of the goal. So uh, I'm uh, I'm loving Kane's work there, but still, yeah, it's going to be uh, Hoiberg for me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm. I think I'm going to go with the 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 masses on this one and say Reguilon, but um, but I. I I do think that Kane started to show some improvement. I do, do think not necessarily a slump. He's still a world-class player, but I do think that there's been kind of like a, um, he, he had, didn't have the best match this one, uh, Fulham. Uh, we'll talk about him in Sheffield probably where I think he, he, we, we have seen him play a lot, but like that type of world-class header, obviously I'm, I'm not going to bitch about Kane too much, but Reguilon, great, great match. Um, well, great conversation there. Let's let's move the conversation along to the Sheffield United match. So oh, just we need straight. LVP. Oh, we did do, we didn't do LVP. Good, good shout, Tommy. Good catch, so, Tom. good catch. Uh, so let's do LVP starting with Tommy. Okay, so Rick alluded to it, and I'm going to set it in stone. Uh, son, he was my LVP. He had three big chances, and all of them didn't finish. If one of them was a goal. We wouldn't be bitching about this right now. Unfortunately, this game was a lost opportunity because of it. We would have been second by now. But, unfortunately, well, that it is what it is. So, uh, what is it? One, oh, where did I have this? So, he had one from, who is it? Aurier and one from Ndombe. And then he had that breakaway goal chance that hit the post. I'm like... I know that he's been hot and cold this whole season, like lights out first few months and then past few weeks, not so great, but sorry, you're a forward and a secondary striker. You got to finish those. Okay. Let's go to Christian next. Yeah. I think Dyer was by far the worst player of the, of the Fulham game. He, he just, he could not get his feet sturdy. He was losing aerial battles left, right, and center. He was ball watching uh, so much. Uh, I was really disappointed with Dyer because I've kind of been getting on the Dyer train as of late. And again, when we talk about Sheffield, I think he was a little better. Um, but uh, for me, you know, um, Dyer was just not up to scratch in, in the Fulham game. Yeah, I, I could see that one as well. Lucas? Oh, you know it already. You know what I'm going to say. It's Winks. Um, I just, I think if Winks was like French or Italian or something and we had bought him from somebody he would be getting slagged by everyone. And I think he gets this pass because he's one of our own, came up through our academy. Yeah, but it's a great point. Weeks, yeah, if this wasn't, if he wasn't one of our own, people would be like, what the hell does this guy do out there? He doesn't move the ball forward. He wins the ball every once in a while in a nice fashion. But uh, against <laughs> he had a couple plays where he won the ball. It was very nicely done. And then the first thing he did was popped up and just passed it backwards to a center back. And I made Lucas, a joke in the group chat. I said, if, I think if, we had like if the other ten players had made a joke and were like, let's all pretend to go attack Hugo, then Winks might have some awesome balls forward at their goal because uh, it's like he just does not want to attack in the direction that we need to score on. He just has to play it backwards, and it just drives me insane or horizontal. And like I said, I think he just gets a pass because he's one of our own and he's really white through and through. But I've kind of been fed up with it and I'm done. So that's 
my Winx rant for the day. Sorry. You, you know, you know what Winx is like is he's like Tottenham's little brother that everyone's like, all right, okay, I guess you can play with us. He's Winx, you know. Let's get him on. Like he's 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 Spurs' little brother that you kind of can't get rid of, and your mom's like, oh, you got to take Harry with you. You know, he's good, uh, and he's just not. He's just not there. Yeah, yeah, Christian, you actually made an interesting point about that because Harry Winks just looks so non-threatening. Or like, if I was in class, or if I had, if I was in the same grade with him, and my he's my friend, like I, I would tell my parents every weekend, "Hey, I'm hanging out with Harry Winks. We're we're going to the movies. We're going to the mall. Whatever." My parents would not think twice about it. And we'd be up to so much mischief. So, but really, but really, you're out with Gaza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rick, uh, LVP. Um, Wink. And the reason for it is, he's basically uh, the small white version of Sissoko, basically. Um, uh, so Sissoko has all the power of pace and enthusiasm and he'll get stuck in or whatever. And Wink has none of that. And he has none of anything else. Um, the sooner we get rid of him, the sooner I'll be happier. Gotcha. Okay, uh, well, uh, I'm going to go with Winks as well. I just think you guys hit the nail on the head. I won't. Uh, I want to move it along to the next match because we have a lot left to cover, so I won't uh, delve into that any deeper, but I think you guys were right on Winks. Uh, so let's see. Um, next up, we had a match against Sheffield United away this Sunday. Um, this was a bit earlier in the day, 8 a.m. here in Chicago. Um, we did get the early goal once again. Um and we got the second one this time. So um, this was, uh, but at the 40th minute, it took us a while. We got the fifth, a uh, fifth minute goal from Serge Aurier. Kane got one in the 40th, and then it looked like okay, well, we're we're pretty safe there. They did get one back in the 59th minute, which made it like more of a typical match for us for a little while until uh, um, uh masterpiece of a goal that uh, that I think we're definitely gonna have to spend some time on when. Uh, and, and I think we have some questions that kind of uh, go to that. But uh, I think a pretty impressive match against the bottom of the table team. Um, but what do you guys think on this one? No, it, no? it, was, it wasn't impressive at all. Um, okay. Well, well, yeah, explain why. Because um, it's, it's, it, the goals and the win... Um, mask the same issues that we have in games that we drew and games that we lost. It's the same thing. The only difference is we scored three goals and won the game. That's the only difference. We still gave up possession. We still gave up uh, territory. We still had much more attacks than, than the bottom team that, you know, that hasn't won a game for a, a Premiership game this season. You know, they won on Wednesday. Until Newcastle, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know they what I mean. Beat the tune the other. Yeah, but, yeah, they, the they ten man tunes. Yeah, they, they won. They won one game in you know, the whole season. Um, it, 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 the win, the win of my goals just highlight that just mask the same issues. Um, I mean, I mean, infuriates me that you know fans will react on you know on social media. Oh, we won. We're back in the top five. Blah blah blah. And when we draw against Fulham, they're like, Oh my God, we're terrible. Whatever. No, no, we're exactly the same. All the time, the only difference is we score in one, we score three in one, and score one in the other. That's the only difference. 
Well, I'm going to go to Lucas next, but I kind of wanted to, I think we can probably frame this conversation. Uh, Shubes asked us a question uh, on, uh, he, he wanted us to watch the match of the day uh, coverage of it, where Alan Shear talks a lot about and and, and kind of uh, goes to some of those like key points where getting the ball through the midfield. Um, they, they spend a lot of time at, um, highlighting how we kind of sprung attacks in this match. And and I think they, they were describing it as kind of an improvement on what we've been seeing. So to kind of counteract what Rick just said, I think match of the day was implying uh, through, through their um, praise of Ndombele and then um, uh, kind of looking at it and saying, well, the, this did go a little bit more according to a plan than than what we've been seeing lately. Uh, let's let Luke. Uh, can you? Uh, what's the specific question from Shubes, Tommy? Uh, sorry, I'm looking up right now. Oh, he he just said, please comment on the point raised on the match day video I sent to us, okay. or that he sent to us. So yeah, you uh, pretty much summed it up. Uh, so I set it up. Okay, so Lucas, uh, um, thoughts. Um, well, I mean, I think to to Rick, to fairness to Rick, like it's it, it did look very similar to Fulham, but Ed Tommy had brought up himself with Son. Like the only difference between those games is the goals. So, like if Son gets a goal in and we go up two, like we're not sitting there bitching about Fulham. But the fact is, we didn't. It bit us, and we're upset. But there was a very similar. We we did look very similar in the Sheffield game, where yes, Serge was able to get that header in in the fifth minute, and then it looked like we kind of had, there was about a 30-minute lull that we just kind of shut off. And it looked very similar to, like, how it's been. It looked, it kind of reminded me of Wolves when we scored in the second minute, and then it was just like, we went on cruise control for about 30 minutes and didn't look threatening. Yeah, you had the odd chance here and there, but there was no actual possession. There was no, it didn't look like we were bossing the game as as we should have been doing. And I actually joked about it because I put in the group chat, well, if any time Kane, I think it was in like the late 30s or somewhere, maybe the 40th minute, right before Harry scored, I'd put in the group chat, like, anytime Harry or uh, anytime Harry wants to wake up, like, I'm ready. Like, he was just, he had disappeared for 40 minutes. And then as soon as I said that, he just gets the ball, does what he does, and bashes one in. But um, I think, I think that just the, the matter that, like, I think the ball going in the net and crossing the line was the only real difference between that first half. Against oh, Fulham in that first, it's just it's a, it's a matter of did the ball go in or not. It yeah. didn't really feel like we played any better, or came out with a sense of purpose, and that was kind of worrying for me. Yeah, uh, Christian. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're going to Bramall Lane and you're going against a team that have a, have a worse record than Derby when they got 11 points in the Prem, and you're thinking, okay, this needs to be 6-0 from a team that are trying to compete to win the league and definitely have some trophies this year. So so I'm looking at that as, okay, this is a new day, a new Spurs. We're going to go out there, and in five minutes, Oria gets that header, and I'm thinking, all right, it's balls to the wall. But really, if... If Fendembele doesn't get that magic goal and we're looking at 2-1 there, I'm not happy with that at all. And we, if, Endem, if uh, Endembele didn't get that goal, I'm thinking we're in trouble in these last 15 minutes. 
Okay, because this is what's been happening to us all year. I don't think I've ever been as heartbroken. Uh, I mean, I can count the times in my head when we lost a 3-0 lead to West Ham. And and now I'm just shitting the bed every time we're up. So I think that when we're going to Bramall Lane to a side as weak as Sheffield, um, without a magic goal, we're looking at this performance completely differently. Yeah. Uh, Rick? Yeah, um, Mourinho actually alluded to this in a, in a, in a post-match interview. And the interviewer said, well, why did you play this formation and whatever? And he basically said, it's to hide our, our deficiencies. We, we, you know, we have, when, we, when we attack, we're good in attack and whatever, but uh, I, have, I have to pick the players I pick to hide the problems in the team. And he didn't, he didn't say what the, problem was. the problems were, obviously. Um, but, we, but we know what the problems are. It's the central midfield. Whoever plays him at central midfield, um, because and, and Dombrey plays a bit a bit forward, and yeah. and Hoiberg plays a bit back. He covers the back four. It's the two players in the middle, and we've been picking, you know, Winks, Sissoko, you know, and and it's like if, if we don't pick Winks and Sissoko, we, then we go three at the back and play two wingers to add more players into midfield. We just don't have one or two of those middle players. The players that can hold the ball, pass back, pass forward, control the tempo, we just don't have them. And, Lucas, it's, exactly, and it's exactly the same. Uh, Lucas? Um, I think one of the things that, again, I'm going to bring up this with Mourinho, I, I think one of the things that I've been questioning is some of these choices, uh, like with the lineup, where you have, like, I thought, again, like, to go back to the Fulham game for a second, like, going in to Fulham with Winks and Sissoko, like, that just didn't seem like a good idea across the board. And then it's like today, or uh, excuse me, yesterday when we're playing Sheffield, now we're going to have, like, Bergvine in there, guys that, like, are a little bit more threatening. So I, I'm kind of wondering, I'm like, why weren't they used against Fulham? You have your best defender in Toby that was good enough to go play Marine, but isn't going to play against the two Premier League teams we have that week. And then you have like guys like Delhi and Bale who could be the creativity and that spark that we need sometimes and they don't get to play. So I, I guess I just have questions in that lineup. I know Rick would just mention the midfield again and it's like somebody's got to be creative somewhere and I don't know what the long-term plan is here. If, and by long-term, I mean like for the rest of the season, but I, I don't know if, is it just going to be keep rotating like Lucas and Bergvine and, throw Lamella in the odd chance because it, it was nice to have Bergwijn back there though I, I thought it was yeah, nice to have Bergwijn back there and I, I think I think when I looked at that when I looked at that lineup I thought okay this should be six nil all right this is a strong lineup we should really be pressing here but then now when I look at it I think oh shit you're right we don't have that midfield that can control the possession that control can control the game like we should against such a, a weak side like like the blades yeah, um, well, well, uh, uh, Christian, well, Christian mentioned it earlier. I, I, I meant to bring it up earlier. Um, when we had Carrick, and then we lost Carrick, and we bought Modric, and then we lost Modric, and we bought Dembele, and now we've lost Dembele, and we haven't replaced him, and, that, and that's the problem. Um, it's as simple as that. We've tried, and I think we thought like maybe like uh, in Dombele it was that, but really he's something else, I think, is what we're, we've discovered. Something else that's great, and we'll talk about that next because he did have a great performance this match. Uh, but Lucas? Uh, yeah, just quickly. I think um, 
on the I think with the midfield issue there with like even the not replacing I think it's a mentality thing across the board too. We kind of touched on it where it was more to the players than Jose. But Tommy and I had spoke during the week about this. If you're a player on Spurs and you're playing Sheffield, like you can't get more excited than a game like this. This is a team that scored nine goals before that day in the entire season. It's like, how are you not just chomping at the bit to go and attack this team? Like it was just, they're there for the taking. So Tommy and I were saying, why wouldn't you just try and go forward on this team Bomb forward, get into a shootout with them. Say, hey, we're going yeah, to score like five if, goals. You try and score two. Yeah, Let's exactly. See who does it? Like, I, well, I, so I, I don't know why the players weren't as jazzed up as I thought they'd be in my head to just go absolutely annihilate this team. It looked like we kind of got our goal and then just tried to settle into the game as opposed to just go put your foot on this team's neck and end it. So, so the, the problem, as I see it, is when, when you look at a team like Man City and a team like Liverpool, um, the players, the, the, the players that are on the pitch have confidence in each other. So when one player's got the ball, another player knows that they can move or run forward or run sideways, run away from the ball, knowing that that player is not going to lose possession. And they'll pass it round and they'll pass it forward. And, you know what I mean? There's a confidence in their, in their, in their, in their teammates. And we don't have that. Uh, our midfield acts like the, the ball is a hot potato. You have it. No, you have it. No, shit, you have it. You have it. You know what I mean? And there's a panic. And, and, and what that causes, I, I know it sounds funny, but what that causes is it, it causes the attacking players not to have confidence to make runs, make moves, because they know they're not going to get it. You, you know what I mean? Until, yeah. the ball goes, but until the ball goes back to the defender and we hit a long ball up, that's the only time they're going to get it. You, you Rick, Rick, you... Rick, you've been a Spurs fan for how long, and you're not used to the hot potato vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's, that, that's why that's why um, I'm, I'm calling for the Dembele player or the Modric player, the player that can receive the ball, uh, slip past their marker, and give everybody else time and space. Everybody else can then go, oh, I can make my run, I can make my move, because I know he's not going to lose the ball, you know, and he gives everybody else time. And that's what we don't have. We don't have time. Um, it's it's very rushed. It's very hurried. It's very uh, you know off the cuff. Very quick. You know, and you, you when you when you when, when you watch the games, you see how quickly we, we get possession and lose possession. It's really quick. You know what I mean? I I hear your point, Rick, and I I do think Ndombele isn't quite the the, the direct player. He's not the direct Dembele replacement. But he can hold the ball very well. They 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 really struggle to take the ball off of him, and he and he can do a, a, a lot of holding it. And he and he he doesn't seem in sync with the other guys when he does make his pass. Like so a lot of times he has a really hard foot. Like he'll send it through a through ball, and nobody's looking for it. it bounces off the back of a player. Or, um, uh, if 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 if, if had Dembele to play with, the other team would never get the ball. Yeah. Never. Yeah, no, cer- cer- certainly, um, and and I think Ndombele was the the best player on the pitch. Like uh, we, we're not going to MVP yet, but like uh, newsflash, he'll be mine. Um, I, I mean, fantastic, <laughs> and not just the amazing goal, but like I mean, he 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 found pathways through that led to I think both of our um, uh, two of our goals. Like he and then he scored one, uh, which was magnificent, and he was a big contributor to build up play for that on that one as well. So. 
I, I think he was fantastic. I'm kind of like lean, lean more to something Christian said earlier. I, I think we're lacking a, a, like creativity. Like, uh, so, like we, we seem like uh, we get around the box and we don't know what to do. Like, especially if the other team is already back on defense. Like, oh, we have no ideas. We're not going to run at them. We're not going to try and uh, flick a clever, a clever pass or a give and go situation. It seems but, like we don't know. We don't know what we're going to do. I think we're lacking a creative player. Well, with all, with all due respect, that, that's actually a different problem. There's two different problems. You're talking yeah. about attacking creativity problem, and I'm talking about possession problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not giving the ball away. So yeah. then every, everybody, you know, it's two, two different issues. But we can win a game, match without winning the possession game. Uh, but we, uh, But I don't think we can win a match... Matches as easily without a creative player, but uh, Lucas, you want to <coughs> chime in? Uh, I just wanted to uh, quickly add about Ndombele. There is, I, I still think he's very raw, so there is such an upside to him, and you see how talented he is. But there are still a lot of times that he will carry the ball. He needs to learn when it's okay to not have to try and run through six players. Uh, I think the Fulham game was the best example. There was multiple times that he was down the wing, like would win the ball. He would get through like three or four guys and have Sissoko or Serge or somebody that was running next to him and then just wouldn't give the ball away, would try and work his way through and try and like nutmeg the fifth guy or do something creative. And it's like he needs to know when it's okay to just dish the ball off and keep running or you don't have to run through everyone. But you've got to ask yourself why he's doing that. He's doing that because... He knows if he passes it to someone else, they'll probably lose it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, we get to the so same. Much, I agree. It's much better getting to, to the same place at the, the end anyway. When yeah. he gets to the last guy and loses it, so I think yeah. I just wanted to bring that up about Ntambule. Yeah. No. Good. Again, good I'm not slagging him off. I think he's got more talent than half the Premier League. But yeah, it's just he's still just a bit bit raw. No. Well, uh, t- Tommy, any final points before we go to MVP? Not really. You guys more or less summed it up. I'm just, I mean, Rick said that, you know, it's kind of similar to full game. I, I don't disagree. I, I'm i just, I'm happy we got three points. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. No, Take good. your wins where you can get them. Good point. Well, we'll stick with you, Tommy, and go to MVP first. Okay. So who did I? Uh, I well, Ndombele was my honorable mention. But I'm going to say Joe Roden was my MVP. I thought he was defensively sound. I, I honestly believe that we will have a future successor to Toby Alderweireld in a couple of years. Um, a tall one. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, he had command. I thought he did. You know, there wasn't any errors, and yeah. Yep, and left-footed too, which we're playing on the right side, but still left-footed. Uh, Christian? Yeah, nailed it, nailed it there, Tommy. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and Dembele, a spoiler alert, and Dembele, everyone's going to say, you know, man of the match. That goal was awesome. He played great. Match of the day covered it. But uh, Rodon, for me, I hope that kid got laid that night because he deserved it. He was uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely crushing. And I'm loving him more and more every time I see him play. So, uh, Tommy, I think you nailed it there. Uh, Rodon, for me. Okay. Uh, 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 Rick? Um you know I'm not one to give uh, an MVP 
to a player that scores, you know, because that's usually the way it goes. Um, <laughs> but you've got to give Ndombele MVP for that goal. I'm sorry, but you just have to. <laughs> um, I mean, to make the goalkeeper look so ridiculous to a point where he dived to, and then prevented himself from clashing into the post, um, you know what I mean, to save the ball. Um, just for that moment alone, you have to give him MVP. But he had a great game as well. Um, Rodon would be my um, honourable mention. Okay, uh, Lucas? Uh, yeah, I have a double A and Rodon as well. We are now undefeated. Every time Rodon has played, we have not lost. Um, but I think I will play a little bit of devil's advocate. I, I personally can't be convinced that Ndombele was actually trying to shoot that. I think he was just trying to flick it over. I think, honestly, he was just trying to flick it across the middle and hopefully something happened. I can't be convinced that that was an actual attempt on I, I, think, I think he was hoping that it was actually yeah. a goal. <laughs> I, think, I think he was just like, flick it over the middle and see what happens. But still, the amount of class and talent that that takes to put something like that off and the fact that it was so quick after they scored. Because like Christian had brought up earlier, if, as soon as they got that first goal... Had we not equalized right away, we would be bricking it for that last 30 minutes. That would have been an absolute nightmare. So to put the game out of reach so quickly and end any hopes that they had right off the bat was brilliant from Ndombele. So MVP for me. One last point. Yeah, you're, you're saying he may, have may, he may or may not have meant it to go in, but that doesn't actually matter because if he didn't mean it to go in and it was uh, you know a yard further out, then the strike has to tap in anyway. Do you know what I mean? It was going to be a goal no matter what happened. You know, um, it was such a good play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just have to to say, like, I see what you're talking about a little raw, but I think he, he potentially could be one of the best players in the league right now. And people just don't realize it yet. And I, I think he, he, this match, he kind of made up for all those deficiencies that we're talking about in the midfield and just did it all. Like, uh, and yes, there was, I think there was a lot of like failures to get the ball to the attacking line and the attacking players like Sun we, we've mentioned, like not always finishing chances. Uh, I, there was a couple times that uh, Kane dribbled the ball right into the defense and lost the ball. Uh, as well, but and Dombele was the one force in this match that I think looked fantastic throughout and was a big part of us winning this match, not just the the impressive goal. Um, that's why I give it to him. But Rick, uh, yeah, yeah, last point. You know, people people keep saying uh, you know Dombele doesn't finish matches. He gets very tired by you know, minute or whatever. The reason that the reason that's happening is because he's playing the role of two players. You know what I mean? He, he, he's playing himself, and he's playing the, the midfield partner that he doesn't have. You see what I mean? So he's playing two roles. So he's running and running and running and running and running, and he's wearing himself out, basically. Yeah, and, and to go to the second question that Shubes also asked us, so it was, is did we play better in this game because it was Sheffield, the bottom of the league? And I think oh, yes, yes, to a certain extent. Uh, definitely to the to a certain extent. But um, but also, I think that uh, we did see some improvements. And I think you have to take these teams against the uh, bottom of the table teams as a, a, a time to build when you're struggling. 
Um, and I, th- I think we took advantage of that, and hopefully we can find that creativity and or possession, depending upon where you're at in the debate, uh, moving forward to improve overall. But let's go to LVP and start with Tommy. I'm going to be honest. I don't actually have anybody. I know how Rick said that, you know, it's, it was similar form, but I don't think there's anybody that played, like, outright bad. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, if somebody, I mean, since you disagree, go nuts. Uh, Tom. Rick. Uh, son, you took okay. my, yeah, I was going to say. Son. I um, put my hand up. I was like, I got one. Yeah, yeah. Me and Lucas are in sync. Um, son, he, 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 he's hard to hate on son because he's such an enthusiastic, um, you know, smiling kind of person. Um, and, you know, and you know he gives his all every game. But he goes through these um, like ten or fifteen game cold patches every season. Every season he does it. Um, you know he's hot. He's hot for ten, cold for ten. Hot for ten, cold for ten. And he's just in the middle of a cold right now. And it's um, it, it's not for the lack of trying. Um, it's whatever clicks in his head, and suddenly he's fantastic again. Okay, uh, Luke, Lucas, you, you're next. Yeah, I'm just piggybacking off what Rick said there. Like, I completely agree. And he had mentioned earlier with Harry Kane. It's it's funny because that just shows how truly special Harry is. That I thought Harry played poorly in the last yeah. two games, and he still walks away with a goal in each. Yeah, it, it's incredible. Whereas Son, I thought played poorly in the last two games, and when he plays poorly, it he just disappears. And I think again, I don't want to throw him under the bus too much because I think the lack of us having a midfield is pretty detrimental to anybody that's up front because you're not going to be getting that service on a consistent basis. But um, yeah, Sun was just an absolute ghost yesterday. Yeah. Okay, Christian? Yeah, uh, Sun, as we've been talking about, has been too quiet. I agree. But uh, I can't give it to him because he's still he's still hitting the post. He's still doing what he does. And his attitude is just so incredible. If everyone had his attitude, we would be on top of the league. I truly believe that. So I'm not, I'm not going to give it to Sun. I'm going to say Davies because I think he's, he was just absolutely rubbish um, and nothing special from him at all. Uh, again, him and Dyer just weren't good. And uh, pretty upset with with both of those um, in, in the really dire the last two games and uh, and certainly Davies on um, uh, against Sheffield. So he's my pick. Yeah. I just want to make a small point. Um, Sun doesn't seem to play well when Harry doesn't play well. Uh, and it, it, it seems to go in sync, you know, but the difference is Harry will play, not play well in score. So it marks him not playing well. But when when Harry's not assisting and getting the ball in midfield and making great passes and, and Sun can make the run and so on and so forth. So when Harry's not doing that, Sun is invisible completely. You know, it, it, it really affects Sun. And if we had a midfield, um, Harry not playing well wouldn't affect Sun so much. Well, in, in the matches where Sun's done the best this year have been like where Harry's getting all the assists for him. And a lot of those have been these impressive, impressive like crosses from midfield or yeah. sending Sun on a run. And like, you know, if we're expecting uh, Kane to be both our best attacking midfielder and our best striker, um, you know, he can do it a lot of times because he's that good, but, like, he, he's not going to be able to succeed every time. And, yeah, we, we've got to resolve that creativity problem. 
But um, I, I, I'll go with uh, the, yeah, it was probably a defender here. And I, Davies or Dyer, take your pick. I think uh, um, I'm not really satisfied with the, uh, with where it's been going lately. And uh, okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with one of the two of those. Um, but great conversation, guys. Uh, um, uh, we have um, one match this second half to, to discuss, uh, the FA Cup match coming up on next Monday against uh, Wickham. Um, and we're going to answer some questions and uh, talk about uh, some transfer rumors. Uh, but first, we're going to go to Luke's Locks. All right. So, as you guys know, we have another FA Cup weekend. So, no Premier League to gamble on this weekend. But FA Cup, you can usually get some good odds. And that's what we have this week in four games. And we'll start with Wolves. Minus one and a half goals away at Chorley. Yes, you heard that correctly. Wolves is minus one and a half against Chorley. So, wow. I have no idea how... Unless Vegas knows something I don't know, I'm pounding Wolves in this one. Wolves have been struggling in the Premier League uh, as of late, but, I mean, Chorley, the perfect opportunity to turn things around. Wolves by two, easy. Next one, uh, Bournemouth at home, minus one against Crawley Town. Again, I don't understand where these lines are coming from, but pound them now while you got them. Cherries have been playing well this year and are third in the championship. Crawley Town are, like, eighth in League Two, so Bournemouth is minus one at home. Jump on that. And another crazy line, you get Man City is minus two goals away at Cheltenham. If you don't think Man City is going to win by more than three at Cheltenham, I don't know what to tell you, but jump on Man City now at minus two. And the last one is Fulham is playing at home against Burnley and the under in, or excuse me, the over under is 2.5. So I don't see a lot of goals coming from that one. So I'm telling you, pound the under at two and a half. And there you have it, four free picks. Go get some free money. Let's get rich. <laughs> well, thanks, Lucas. Um, well, uh, we don't have a Tommy's back page update, but we do have a question on transfers. And I just wanted to have a general conversation, take some time out to talk about um, uh, some transfer rumors in general. But I think the best way to start is probably with size question, um, which he kind of goes into the two biggest rumors that are going on, at one outgoing, one possibly incoming. All right, so our good friend Cy of Chicago Spurs, uh, his qu- his tweet is, let me express I hate the January window and Gore Mill. You and me both. Um, just fires up fans and makes players uncomfortable. Um, it is nice when it works out, but I'm really not a fan. That being said, would you be good with Delhi going to PSG and Erickson coming back in, both on loan? I'm undecided with an emoji of looks like his hands in the air like, I don't know. So, who wants well, to go? I'll I'll start with this one. Um, you know, I I I think it's completely unfair that Erickson's not getting a chance to play. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Delhi's not getting a chance to play. Um, um, if if we're talking about a loan deal to PSG, where we could potentially bring him back, give him an opportunity to play with a coach that wants him to play, and um, and give him a chance to increase his value. Um, and we're not using him anyway. I'm all for it at this point because uh, you know, he's certainly not happy here right now. Um, um, as far as the Ericsson, I, I'm kind of like on a loan deal if the value is right. I'm kind of leaning towards 
if we can't get any better, I'd much rather that we do better. Okay, so let me clarify that. Like, if we could find a player that was um, maybe as talented as Eric Ditson is peak, or even more so, um, or a, a player that can do more of the things that Rick's talking about with the possession as well as the creativity. Like, if there was that player that could do uh, a lot more for our midfield and not just our attack, then I would say, sure. If, but I think we need something this winter, clearly. And if it's, if the only way to get a creative player is to give Erickson another try and he really wants to come back and, uh, obviously his career has gone, kind of gone south with, um, um, Inter, but, um, but if he, if he wants to come and rehab, uh, I would go for it if, if, there weren't other options is the way I'd put it. So I, I w- actually wouldn't be opposed to it despite how he left being so negative. Um, let's see. Uh, Lucas, uh, you had your hand up first. I'm going to go to Lucas. Uh, yeah, I think I always just caution people. Um, the romanticism of the January window is you think that you can go out there and find someone that's going to help you in the next six months achieve your goals. And yes, it can be done, but it's at a very, very fat price. And we have a chairman that is not ever going to lose a deal in January. So if we're going to get anyone in, it's going to be very advantageous to us. And it's probably not going to be for this six months, like Lucas or Bergvine that were guys that we got a good deal on in January, but they weren't for that next six months. They were for the future. Um, I think in terms of the Erickson and Delhi argument, I don't see us bringing Erickson back. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I think, Tommy, who will surely weigh in here, who is very anti-bringing Erickson back, one of his arguments does make sense. Well, what has he been doing for Inner? I mean, if you can't be starting at Inner, why is he going to come back and all of a sudden boss his way through the midfield at Spurs again? Um, and the Delhi thing, I think, I think that's a sure deal. Um, I know Sam will probably have a go at me here because I do tend to talk in extremes, but I think that the fact that he was not on the bench yesterday and Jensen was. I think that speaks volumes, um, and maybe we're just interpreting or making our own interpretations there, but I think that if you can't get on the bench away at Sheffield, like the worst team in the Premier League, and Jensen can, unless there's an injury I don't know about, I, I got to see. I got to think Delhi's leaving. Yeah, uh, I think Rick was next. Um, I don't see it as a straight swap between Delhi and Erickson um, as players. Um, what I see is um, it's a straight swap in terms of wages and and um, uh, the homegrown issue. Um, if you get you know if, if you loan out Delhi, it gives you the opportunity, the opportunity to get in Ericsson. But I don't. It's not one or the other. If you see what I mean, it's not it's not a swap of players. The way I see it is we loan out Delhi, we get in Ericsson because Ericsson. I don't care how badly he's playing. I don't care but he hasn't played regularly for six months. He's better than Winks or Sissoko. And that's, True. and that's the upgrade that we need. We need a player to come in that's, either, that's better than Winks or Sissoko. And that's, that's the upgrade that we need. Okay. And it's, uh, as, and it's as simple as that. And I agree, uh, Kristen, thoughts? Uh, I, I'm, I don't want to take back a groveling girlfriend who's been slagging it around Italy for the last six months. I think that <laughs> at the end of the day, 
Erickson um, decided to leave. It wasn't on great terms. Uh, he was slowing down anyway. He used to pop in free kicks for fun and wasn't doing it. He kind of just gave up. I didn't like the attitude. I think we can do better, and I think we should be moving forward. And I think Erickson has taken a step back, and Spurs have done this too many times. There are so many players that we brought back, and it hasn't done anything, and it's just been press. So I think let's look forward. Who else have we got? Who can we get that's creative in uh, the midfield? Field. And if he does come back, I damn sure hope that attitude has changed. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's happy to be on board, and we understand what we're doing with him. So so my vote is no, but if it ends up happening, he better be on board, and it better fit in to Jose's plan and, and work in the in the right uh, the right way. So um, my, my view on Delhi is good riddance. Um, I think that his attitude is one of the worst premiership players, not just ever. Um, his attitude's terrible. It always has been. He doesn't want to be in in London anymore, in, in, as Spurs uh, at Spurs anymore. I don't believe. Um, I think that he's got the right personality to be in uh, Paris, and I think he wants to link back up with Ponch. So uh, you know, good riddance. To be honest, he he can't get on the pitch anyway. So what are we even worried about? I'm I I, I and and if he's good with PSG fair play, but I don't even think he gets in that squad. From what I'm hearing on how that squad's going to look anyway, I don't know if he's a major part of that plan. So uh, I say good riddance and don't have Erickson back, but you know I could see it happening because that's what Spurs do. Um, I think uh, t- Lucas, you had your hand up next. Oh no, Rick, Rick, Rick can go ahead and jump in there. Um, I'll go after Rick. Uh, yeah, a couple of points. Um, there's obviously something going on with Deli Alley uh, off the field, obviously. There's something going on, whether it's drugs, alcohol, girls, whatever it is. We, we've had this problem with players in the past, like Bentley. Um, you know, there's been various players that have had this issue where they just completely go and they, they, they stop being picked and everybody complains that they're not being picked. But it's it's like Chris, you said, there's, there's an attitude problem and there's something going on with him. The other point I wanted to make is, in the January transfer window, it's really, really difficult or really, really expensive. And, I, and Christian Eriksen is not really difficult and he's not expensive. So um, Th- that's I, that's my point. Like, I, I like if we could do better in this window, because I think we need to do something this window if we want to win a cup and, and stay in the top four conversation. I think we need to do something. And if this is the guy that the only guy that we can get, then I I think it's better than not getting no, any. Exactly, it's better than nothing. Yeah, uh, Lucas. Yeah, um, I think that there has, like Rick said, I think there has to be something going on off the field. Uh, when you have, it, it it isn't like since Jose's been here, Delhi's been like an outcast. When Jose first got here, Delhi was one of his like one of the first names on the team sheet. Like, Jose was all about – Delhi was playing well again. It looked like it almost rejuvenated Delhi's career when Jose first showed up. Um, and then – so it's clear he trusts him. But somewhere over the last eight months or so, it's become – I just – I don't know. It, like Rick said, there's got to be something going on off the field that we don't know about. But I think that sometimes a player just needs a new start, and I think that would be great for Delhi. And I still love Delhi, and I hope he does well even if he goes on loan or even if we sell him to PSG. But I think he's one of those cases right now where the best thing for him and the best thing for us is to send him off to PSG or wherever he's looking to get a, like a transfer <laughs> to. But 
if he's not getting on the pitch, if he's not getting on the team sheet against Sheffield away, I'm not worried about losing him. When is he going to come on? The next yeah. time we play a Marine? Yeah. Like, well, I, let's, let him go. let's have a quick interruption from Chris. <clears throat> I want to hear from Tom. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you what's wrong with Ali off the pitch is he's a muggy little rude boy who thinks he's just you know, <laughs> God's gift to everyone. It just, it just get rid of him. He doesn't have the attitude. Now, if Deli Ali had son's attitude, then we'd have someone we could work with. But he doesn't. He's just a he's just a muggy little chap. So I say get rid. Uh, Tommy, where do you fall on uh, all of this? Like uh, Deli Ali going out, Erickson potentially. Well, Anthony, we kind of we kind of went back and forth about this in our group chat. Um, Lucas and I have talked about it, and for those who don't know, I'm signing with Christian here. Um, for Deli Ali, I I just want him to go because I mean he's what 24, 25 years old. I don't want him to rot. I have nothing <clears> against him, or I don't want any player that is perceived as a bad banana or having some or just not playing. I'm like, he has the talent. He's just not, it's not being utilized. So let him go on loan to PSG, build up his stock. Pot, if he does well, Pot will probably want to get him. And you know, PSG will probably pay what uh, Daniel Levy wants. So why not? I do believe that he would at least feature a little bit for PSG, just because the track record of Mauricio Pacino is, he know. He plays what he knows. He doesn't really bring in new players, um, whether it be transfers or introducing new players to the squad. Um, next up, well, I mean, and, and I say all this throwing the English player quota aside. If it was ideal, this is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But yeah, as Christian said, I do not want Erickson back. As Rick said, I'm like, I don't, he, when has he played well as a central midfielder? He hasn't. Um, I, I don't think that he would, or if he played a little bit, he probably wouldn't do well. Um, and in terms of attacking midfield, like, yeah, that's the missing link. But in terms of central attacking mid- or attacking midfielders, we're ahead Bale, Son, Lamella, Bergbine, Delhi as of now, and Mora, and Jack Clark, who just left. So I don't know how he's going to dislodge that. And my other issue is that last year, or a year and a half ago, 2019, that was the worst year he had. It was a contract year, essentially. He did not prove his worth. So that means two things. A, he's meant, well, actually one of them. Mentally, he was not there. So that's telling me you're not up to the test. You're fucking soft. So you can go fuck yourself. Jose Mourinho should not have to deal with that if you are, if we're, try, if we're trying to win trophies. We don't need that baby bag bitch mentality. And you know mentality doesn't change within you know, less than a year. It's not going to happen. Like it changes. It takes years to rechange or change your thinking. So I don't think it's going to happen with that. And also it proves the grass wasn't greener on the other side. So as Christian said, I'm not bringing back somebody that's groveling and wants to come back. Yeah. And Lucas, and I, when we talked about it, it's like, yeah, he has a chip on his shoulder. That shouldn't be motivation for you to perform. If, if you can't perform, in a contract year, when you want to move to play for a big club and nobody's sniffing at you, fuck you. I don't need you. And he and here's the thing. And because of that, it it shows to me that he's not going to help with us win a trophy, whether it be something small like League Cup, or if we're playing against the heavy hitters to get a Premier League trophy. So, getting somebody just for the sake of it is dumb. And 
to disrupt the club like or the team like that to bring in a bad banana. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I would. I don't, I don't think I would, it was like a virus in the clubhouse or anything like that, though. I, no, I'm but, just saying, like, if you find somebody better, then yeah, by all means, well, like somebody a alter- better option, go for it. That's a, as have, affordable, go for it. But well, Anthony, I have two alternate solutions to that. Hey, I would rather bring back Oliver Skip, pay Norwich City that uh, whatever dollars or pounds to get him on loan or bring him back on loan and have him play because he's clearly up to stuff. I know he's being thrown in the deep end a little bit, but whatever. The other option, bring somebody else in on loan that's pushing for a spot that hasn't been featuring a lot. That is, I would say that is more incentive to anybody that would be coming in compared to Erickson. Because and he's proven this last year that he wasn't up for it. Um, so, like, yeah, I've said Skip, Skip doesn't solve creativity, though. No, I mean. but, it's, but it helps with the central midfield though. But to a certain he's degree. more of like a, he'll be he'd come back to be a substitute for Hoy Bear, which is needed, but um but that's not necessarily going to improve our te- chances of getting a cup in in um, well, it might because four. like Christian talked about how with Sun being overworked, Hoy Bear's pretty much featured in every match this season. It was like like Dyer and Sun years ago, they've always been featured. So I'm like or Kane. It's like if you get them off the field for like 15, 20 minutes, every little minute helps. Yeah. Well, uh, Lucas? Uh, so I kind of what I'm hearing is that Tommy really has no real clear thoughts on this issue. Like, he doesn't <laughs> seem to care to. <laughs> well, in terms of an actual solution, my, my only real, the only real, the only real firm thought is I do not want Erickson in. Gotcha. Oh, we gathered. We gathered. Oh, I don't <laughs> If I, I, saw a I was I was gonna actually say on your on your skip point, I think your skip point goes to I think yeah, like the Hoy Bear thing is is kind of worrying me. Like if you look at bringing in just giving somebody a day off. Like to the ability to say, hey, you know what? We're playing a team like Sheffield away or a team that we probably don't need, but Hoy Bear's special set of skills isn't needed today. We don't need to win the ball back and like we're going to smash this team. Give him a day off. Cause my God, he's the first, he's the one guy we don't have a replacement for. I mean, if he comes off, we are in massive problems. So I think, yeah, ideally I would not like to recall skip. I think he's kind of in the zone doing his thing over there at Norwich, but I kind of get where Tommy's coming from there, where if Hoiberg yeah. gets any kind of a knock we're fucked. Yeah, it, but it's not the same thing as bringing in the creative problem, but Rick? No. Um, well, uh, two points. Um, there's no reason why we can't do both. We yeah. There's no reason why we can't I'm bring... for both. Because <laughs> if, we, if we loan out, out Deli Alley, then that leaves a homegrown player uh, gap. We could, we could bring back Skip to fill that homegrown get, player gap, and then we could bring Ericsson back. And I think, I think the point maybe Tommy's missing about Ericsson is... Um, he left under a cloud. Um, he played crap and wanted to move, and you know, was, and, and just became very, um, you know, grumpy Solution. about. Yeah, he, he played very grumpy. And he, you know, he wasn't motivated and whatever. Now he knows that if he comes back to Spurs, that he's going to have a lot of negative attitude from from uh, fans online, you know, and you know, and, and general mistrust of him. 
So he must think to himself, if I go back there, I have to play really well. I have to. You know, there's nothing, you know, I, I can't be the player I was when I left because, because they'll just be on my back the whole time. Yeah. But the so, argument could be made that is that he over, will co- overcompensate for it. Well, at and least try too tr- hard. It'll backfire. But, uh, but at least he'll be trying as opposed to not trying. But quick, that's, quick, but that's, but that's, move on. Sorry, yeah, I'll be. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, ahead Tommy. Go finish ahead. up. But sorry, Ray. But that that, that word lies rough. If, if if you're not trying hard in your contract year, you're or actually if you're not trying at all and you're a professional player, you're fucking dead to me. I don't like. Everybody knows Michael Doss is my favorite player. He's not the most talented, but you knew every time he stepped foot on that field, he gave it his effort. Like right now, Lucas Mora. He looks. He he dribbles with his head down, but you knew he always gave him a shift. Erickson, he did fuck all with that last year. And that he is, knows it, that is inexcusable that. in my book. But he knows that. So if he comes back, he can't do that again. And he knows that. And full, yeah, but that's, that's a huge wage to pay for someone who might fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's a that's but, a but, really but, Erickson's a world class player. He's you know he's uh, Denmark number one. He he's not. He's not coming back for pennies here for him to just be like, oh, well, I've got another great side to play for because of what I did for them for a few years. He left in a terrible way, and, and that to me is just like, get the fuck out. We wouldn't have taken Berbatov back after the way he left for Man U. You know, it's just like... Oh, he's still on my shit list. Uh, Lucas? <laughs> I was going to say, because I, I absolutely see both sides of this, and I think at the end of the day, I'm kind of agreeing with Christian and Tommy here where I'm like, I'd rather not have him back because... It's a big, it's a big wage to pay for an unknown of ah. Well, maybe he'll care, but to Rick's point, that was the thing that I had brought up with the chip on your shoulder, and I don't think it'll be much about like the fans or what the media is going to say. For me, I think it's going to be in the dressing room. I think his chip on his shoulder, if he were to come back, would be about his teammates because if I'm like if I'm Harry or Dyer or Toby or one of these guys that's played with him side by side for the last years. And he fucked us off saying, ah, you know what? This isn't for me. I have better dreams or I have a bigger plan, I think was his quote. And then he went to Inter Milan, who were better then. And then he couldn't even find time to get there. If he's coming back into that dressing room and I'm one of those other players, I'm like, hey, how was your trip to Italy there, guy? How about you go pound sand? Like, what what do you have that you're going to bring to our team now? Like, you had you thought you were better than us. You went, it failed. And now you want to come back in? So I think that's where his chip on the shoulder might come from is to try and impress his teammates again. Yeah, I think Tommy I think Tommy should have to interview him before he's let back in. <laughs> I think uh, Tommy should I, have to fight him one on one. I'd be a little more <laughs> diplomatic, of course. I, and I don't disagree with anybody here. I the way he left he was a a shit bag, but I'm just like we've got to do something with this problem if this is the only solution and if Delhi's money is the money that we use to to make that happen. I, I and, and Jose actually wants to use a guy like Erickson as opposed to using a guy like Deli. At this point, I'm like, uh, I think we should try something because we got to work out this problem. But great conversation, guys. There, I think there was a couple more rumors. I'm just going to have you read those. We're not going to discuss them, Tommy. And then uh, we, we have a match the preview, but we're running long. So I want to get this moving. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll be brief. Uh, so Danny Rose was allegedly going to go to West Brom for a free transfer, but... He's looking at Spain or Germany. Um, the other one, this rumor is kind of coming back from last summer. Um, Kim Min Jae uh, 
South Korean international. He's currently at Beijing Guan. I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. Um, we might try to sign him and actually lodge a bid this time. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, that's all I got aside from what we discussed. Just it quickly want to say, I, I really hope we do sign him because that would be a really, really cool signing. Kid's an absolute monster. Uh, total beast would get on really well and fit in the side playing with Son, and, and I really am looking forward to seeing if that pans out. Yeah, I, I think that would be fun. Like, uh, uh, We definitely need a center back as well. Uh, we're certainly struggling there, even though our defense has been pretty good this year. Um Clearly, there's still some weak points that uh, Sanchez is in the conversation for another day. But um, I see, I see him. I, one quick more point. I just, I see him being like, like a yap stam was, you know, just like super scary and like just, oh, just imposing. Just, yeah, just gonna, just like a big scary Korean dude that's like trying to go out there and take Especially names. Him, so standing, him, him standing next to Rodon, like a couple of units. Yeah, it'd be nice. I'm, I'm hoping that that comes through. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, um, so w- the last topic of conversation for today is uh, we have a match to preview. It's not We don't have one this weekend. Uh, it's another FA Cup weekend, but we have our match on Monday. Uh, so we take on Wickham Wanderers away Monday, January 25th. Um, that's 145 here in Chicago. Um, currently, Wickham uh, sits in last place in uh 20 uh, i think that yeah 24th place in the championship with 15 points that's three wins six draws and 14 losses uh their most recent uh match was a 4-1 win to preston they lost to middlesbrough prior to that beat cardiff lost to bristol city and drew qpr um upcoming on saturday the 30th they take on brentford away so a team that we've seen recently that's uh um towards the top of the uh championship um, their top goal scorer is uh, Scott Kashket uh, with four. Uh, Joe Jacobson is behind, behind him with two, and Gareth uh, McCleary also two. Uh, Joe Jacobson is their top assist man with four. Uh, and um, top-rated player is Jacobson with 6.95, and McCleary is behind him with 6.57. We've only taken on Wickham Wanderers once, and that was in 2017, I think a lot of us will remember. Uh, it was also an FA Cup match, and that was a, a 4-3 victory for Spurs. Uh, so uh, a bit of a nail-biter, I guess, like a kind of a high-action-packed match, if, uh, if those of us that remember that one. Um, so, um, Christian, my understanding is that you uh, actually lived near Wickham for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, I know Wickham incredibly, incredibly well. Uh, I, I know every every bit of it. Uh, I, I know the Wanderers as well, and grew up going there and um, uh, played uh, played Wickham in school and sports and so forth. Uh, spent weekends hanging out there at, at basically their equivalent of a mall, a place called Cressix that had a movie theater and a, a bunch of uh, Americanized restaurants. Uh, like uh, the English version of Applebee's, which they called Frankie and Benny's. It was absolutely terrible, but it was great at 15, <laughs> uh, 15 on a date. So um, I know Wickham extremely well. Um, and uh, I see us I see us putting out a pretty solid squad for this. Um, McCleary um, is old. Uh, but he, you know, played for years at Reading, and and I think that he's, you know, still can be dangerous. 
Um, I, I see I see us really taking it to them. I, I think Jose really wants to win the FA Cup. Uh, I think the FA Cup is, is really a, a Spurs fans cup. We always want the FA Cup. We haven't lifted it in 30 years since 91 uh, with, you know, Gaza and Lineker. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for uh, for this game. And, and I think it's going to be um, it, it's going to put us on the map with all right. Spurs are one to watch. Um, and even though Wickham are not doing as well as, uh, you know, they should be in, in the championship, they're still getting some some decent results and scoring goals. So I would uh, – I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. Okay, Lucas? Yeah, uh, I think kind of what you brought up, Anthony, with referencing the last game. A, I think Christian made a good point. I think we're going to throw out a good – like a pretty strong lineup. Um, the fact that we don't have another game until Liverpool at the next weekend. Uh, so Third it's day. not as if – it's Thursday. Oh, it's Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think that, like, we'll, I think we'll actually throw a good lineup out. Uh, Jose seems to take these competitions seriously. I mean, if we're throwing out a bunch of Premier League starters, the guys that we're usually throwing out there, if we're throwing them out against Marine away, we're probably going to be throwing them out against Wickham. And I think that the previous time that we played them at the lane, you had said, oh, kind of a nail biter. I'm like, I was shitting it for 90 minutes. That team was the better team that day. And if Wickham that year, who was, I think, in League One or League Two at that point, if they were to come to White Hart Lane and give zero fucks and take it to us, now they're a league below us and they're playing at home. So I, I can't imagine why this team would be thinking anything other than we could beat this team. So I think Wickham's going to be absolutely bringing it and trying to win this game. I don't think they're going to be afraid of us. I don't think that they think this is some fun FA Cup day out like Marine did. This is a team that can beat us and is going to want to try and beat us. And it's up to us to put a real lineup out there and just take that away from them early. Yeah, you know, Wickham are going to throw the kitchen sink, there's no doubt. That's why I think we're going to throw out a pretty strong lineup. I think we'll be resting Kane. Vinicius has proved that he can hold these uh, FA Cup matches. Um, I think that uh, Hoiberg will get a well-deserved rest. He should. Um, and uh, but you got to look at, at at the Prem as well. And in our next five fixtures in the Prem, we have Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City uh, out of three of the five. So so there's definitely I think Jose is going to find that Jose's got to find that balance, right? And uh, I think they're going to be coming in heavy with the Heat. Uh, Rick, um, I don't really have much to say about Wickham because um, I don't I don't really know much about them. Um, I, I feel like, like Lucas said, I think I think Mourinho will take it seriously um, because he, he seems to take all the cup competitions seriously, which is one of my big um, criticisms of Poch, which which really bugged me um, when he would put out kids in the early rounds of uh, competitions and then we get knocked out, and it really bugged the, the crap out of me. Um, so I'm really glad that Mourinho does uh, does this. Um, I think they're, they're bottom of the championship or near the bottom of the championship. They're the bottom. They are. Yes. So they're, they're, they're the bottom. And Sheffield Wednesday had like a minus ten point deduction at the end of the or at the beginning of the season. So yeah, and, and Wickham's still the bottom. So, so Sheffield it, Wednesday are decent though. Yeah, but it shouldn't it shouldn't really matter who we pull out. You know, this is a game for Winks and Sissoko. You really imagine? Um, Never thought I'd hear you this, say that. Yeah, because it, it really shouldn't matter who we put out. Um, as long as we put out a half decent side, we should beat them easily. I would think. Yeah, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I'm, yeah, Wickham. They're probably going to be all four because I mean, what else are? I mean, they're four points 
from safety right now, barring goal differential. But I mean, next game for us is next Thursday. I I, don't know, I still think that we're probably going to see like Doherty probably start just to get um, some more seasoning into him. But I don't know. I do you th- I don't know. I guess like would Sissoko and Winks really be the the option? I know like. I, we talked about it with the Hoybeard, but like they were against he, Fulham. Yeah, I mean he needs a rest, of course. I don't know. It's just he should be beat. I'd be shocked paper. if Hoyberg played that game. I, I'd really be shocked. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I just think that there one thing that Jose does really well is is team management in regards to spreading it around the cups and Europa League and and also uh, you can put, we have the depth now. We really do have a, de- a really solid depth on the bench. Did you see Man City and Chelsea the squads they put out for that last round of the FA Cup? Those were full A-side squads basically. I was really shocked oh. at that. So uh, I don't I don't see us, you know, even the teams with good depth are are doing a good job of putting out solid squads, but you know, leaving one or two three stars out. So, you know, that's a that's a game for Mora, which you know I think he should be starting more prem games. Yeah. But Mora is going to start that game. Uh, you know, Kane's getting going to get a rest. Uh, Sonny will probably play. Hoiberg's going to be yeah, pulled Sanchez back. Sanchez so. probably. Yeah. I mean, it's I, Sanchez has been yucking it up, and I prefer not to see him play. But him or Tenganga, I could see them starting. Yeah, I could see Ten, Tenganga being on there, and Bale's got to start that game. Or, or what are we doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why wouldn't a Gareth Bale be starting against Wickham if he's not? I'm questioning what the fuck was he doing coming here? Yeah, I uh, Rick. Well, the, the other the other thing, I, the way I see this game is this is a game for us to get to the next round. For Wickham, this is a game to earn money. You know, this is an FA Cup fourth round on TV. They're there to earn the commission for playing the game. They're in a relegation fight. That's where their concentration is. This game is just a money game for them. For, for, for us, it's a game to get to the next round. So we're, we're not going to play an ultra-competitive team. You know, their focus is on the league, basically. Yeah, and they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, last guys... place, but they're but they're not like that. Th- th- there are a lot of teams at the bottom that have points, um, and they're not that far off of them. That they have the possibility to pull themselves out of that rele- relegation battle in the championship. So that is a good shout, Rick. That that is something that they're going to be more concerned with and get them collect the money from this. So uh, we probably can get away with a little bit safer of a a, a squad, I guess, uh, Christian. Yeah, I mean, uh, guys, you have to remember, though, there's going to be absolutely zero people at this game. They're in a strict three-month lockdown in England. So no one is going to this game. So the money grab is nowhere near as it usually would. It's more of a pride thing in this game. So uh, I, I, th- I think that Wickham are definitely going to be trying to prove something. You know, London is 35 minutes away on the train. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be... Um, it's Wickham are going to throw everything at them and Spurs are going to have to play a semi-solid squad, but give those key members a rest because we have to worry about the premiership. I mean, it's so tight in the prem. The top seven teams are all in this right now and we're 20 games in. So um, I, I think that, uh, I, I think it's going to be a great, great match on Monday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, any final thoughts before we go to predictions? Let's start. Um, with... I, I just hope it's a, a, a different game to the last two games that we've seen, you know, 
The last two games have been very, very similar, and I hope this one's not the same. I, th- I hope it's a complete... Let's attack them, get 4-0 up, and then cruise the rest of the game. Yeah, and my only concern with this one is that we have two midweek matches. That we have a we have this long rest, and then we have a Monday. I uh, I thought that this uh, up th- this week that we're in would have been a great time to make up that Aston Villa, but they were still weren't playing this weekend, so I don't even know if they're available yet. But this uh, like we have this gap of time. Like, uh, yeah, it's nice to have the rest, but um, we're gonna have well, to cram well, Aston Villa in later. The one the one thing you got to remember is we played more games than any other team in the Premiership. So to have a week and a bit off is a very good thing right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're probably right. It's probably better for us to have that break. Uh, but I also think we're going to be thinking more about the Liverpool on Thursday. Um, so that's where we could get ourselves into trouble if we're trying to save our players for the second midweek or second weekday match. Um, uh, we could get ourselves into some trouble and we'll have to watch out for that. But let's go to predictions and let's start with Lucas first. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1, and I have our goals from Bale, Lucas, and Carlos Vinicius. Okay, uh, Rick? Oh, this has got a Vinicius hat trick written all over it, basically. Um, so I'm going to give a 3-0 a, a Vinicius hat trick. Okay, I like that. Uh, Tommy? Sorry, just putting all these predictions in. Um, okay, so I got 4-0. Uh, I'll say Mora, Vinicius, Lamella, and Bale. Okay, and Christian? Yeah, I think 3-0. I want to say that I bet on Venetius hat trick, and I got such shit odds against Marine, but it came in. Uh, but uh, I don't think Venetius is going to score. I think this is going to be Bale's coming out game. I think he's going to get two, and Moore is going to have another one. So 3-0, Bale 2, Moore 1. Okay, I am going to say 2-1. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than we think. And I'm going to say Bale gets a goal, and Lucas gets a goal. Um any final thoughts on this uh, week that was before we wrap up the podcast, guys? Well, thank um, you. No. <laughs> nope, nope. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Rick. It's been exciting to have you here. Welcome to the podcast, Christian. Uh, thanks great. for having me. Thanks, uh, thanks, Tommy and, and Lucas. But that about wraps it up. So thanks to Tommy for editing and sound, Charlie for the music, Kevin for social media, Luke for Luke Blocks, uh, Rick for Rick's rant and uh, writing. Check that out. Um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar, even though we're not re- watching there, uh, recording there right now, we'd love to watch there. Uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media, hit the subscribe button, and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast, or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.